You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All right, church, Luke 11. Luke 11. Let's go there. We're going to read verse 1 through 13. Let's stand once we've found it, okay? God bless you for being here. It's good to see some that we haven't seen in a while. And uh, keep on praying for those who are sick and recovering. We'll have announcements at the end of the service, and we'll go over all of that. Um, But I know that many are out right now, and we miss them very much. But I am so glad that you are here, and I have a message uh, that... I, I would really love for you here to get the Wednesday night crowd, and then I'm going to encourage you maybe to send it to somebody who you know is usually here and not here and send it to them. I, I would love for the whole church to hear it before next week, because I want to point our attention to next week. I know that we're praying for it. I know that we're praying for the winter revival. I am extremely encouraged already hearing how many of you have done your best to take off work. Some of you have said, I'm, I'm off work and I'm going to be there all day. Some of you said, I can't. I can't be off work, but I will be there for the evening services. Uh, There are times when a host church will schedule something on the morning and nobody shows up. But I am glad to see so many of you are doing your best to be here. I know that we're praying for it. I want to make sure that we're praying properly for it. And it led me to this passage right here in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the first thing he does is he gives them just a kind of a model prayer. It's not the exact, the only prayer that you can pray, because then even Jesus didn't follow that. But he's basically saying, when you pray, make sure that you're praising him. Make sure that you let him know what's on your mind, what you need. And not just you, give us our daily bread. Be praying for others as well. Make sure that you're confessing your sins. Make sure that if you're going to ask forgiveness, you're forgiving other people. So he gives more topics to cover rather than an exact script. But he continues because it's it's not just enough to know what to pray. We need to know how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I love that even in Bible times there were people who were grumpy when they were already in bed. Makes me feel good. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of the the knocker, yet because of his importunity, which means consistency, persistence, Because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Just a little 
Greek lesson here that isn't lost in the English. Maybe it's hidden a little bit, but it's not lost in the English. It's not just saying ask once. And it's not just saying seek once. It's not just saying knock once, but ask and ask and ask. He that asketh and asketh and asketh and asketh, it shall be given him. And seek and seek and seek and seek and knock and knock and knock and knock. It shall be open. But then he gives another illustration here. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Answer the question. No. If a son ask a fish, will the father for a fish give the son a serpent? No. Or if the son shall ask an egg, will the father offer him a scorpion? No. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Such confidence. Such confidence in Jesus' teaching. He makes it seem so simple. And I have to be honest with you, I struggle with this passage. As I'm guessing some of you struggle as well, because it seems so simple, it seems so... He seems so confident, and yet there's sometimes I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and the Lord doesn't seem to answer. So is the Lord lying? We know the answer is no. What are we missing here? And I want to bring forward try to bring forward what the Lord is trying to teach and apply it to next week. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching of your word. We ask this in your name. Amen. So what are we praying for? I know that you are praying for next week, but what are we praying for? Would I be right in saying that you're praying for the guest preachers that are going to come? Have you not spent some time praying for Preacher Gomez and praying for Brother Angel? I'm sure that you have. Brother Danny, have you and I not prayed for the music next week? because we know how important the music is. And we have singers who are practicing and we have musicians who are practicing in our orchestra and the, the congregational singing. Are we not praying for that as well? You should. You should if you don't think to pray every service that we have for the music that goes on. Should pray for the music. Are you praying for the guests that we have coming? We have, we have laymen coming in Guests, laymen coming in, and guests, we have guest pastors coming in. Pastors that are driving hours to come and be a part of this conference. I hope and I trust that you would be praying for them as well. Are you praying for the lost that are here? I understand that on a, on a conference like this, we, we maybe don't do as much outreach as we usually would, but we do invite people. We have them come for this. It certainly is more, I would say this is more in-reach than it is outreach, but there's going to be lost people here. I would say it wasn't wasted time for you to pray for the lost people who are going to be here. Are you praying for the building? I'm praying for the building. <laughs> that that AC unit keeps up. Twice it's gone down and we've needed to get it repaired. Now it's under warranty. I love that word, warranty. Praying that that helps, praying that we have the space, praying for the nursery and everything over there. And I hope that you are praying for the facilities, for the parking situation, that it doesn't rain so that people aren't parking in the mud. I, I, I think we're praying for all of those. I think we're praying for the attendance. I am praying that you will be here. I'm praying that others would be here, that, that people that we didn't even expect to come would come. And I would say that you are doing that as well. I'm praying for decency and order. That it's not haphazard and 
just kind of thrown together and we're not sprouting wings on our pants and flying by those. I hope that everything goes the way that a church service should go. You can read in the epistles where the apostles or the disciples took some time and said, there's a way that you ought to behave yourself in church. And the devil will do anything he can to disrupt it. And I'm, I'm praying against those disruptions. And I think those are all good. But if by next week, if by Thursday, which really the, the conference doesn't end on Thursday. We have Preacher Gomez here all day Sunday. We have Brother Angel and Preacher Gomez on Monday and Tuesday. And we have Preacher Gomez on Wednesday. And then my brother is staying through and he's preaching for us all day the next Sunday. But when it's all said and done, I hope you understand. I trust you understand that if we are going to say that was an incredible week, that was a wonderful meeting. It was life-changing. It was sacred. It was holy. It will not be because of the preachers. Though we ought to pray for the preachers. But man's word does nothing. Man's word has never changed a life. It might change a mind, but it will not change a life. If those preachers are going to help us, which I know they want to, they need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We need to hear the Spirit speak through them. I'm praying for the singing. I'm praying for the music. And though it is important, the music, the songs that we sing and the songs that we will hear are not to bless us. They're to invite the Spirit to come. You can read over and over when it talks about music. Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. If you could wrap up gospel singing, if you could wrap up spiritual songs, if you could wrap up psalms and put it in an envelope, you would have to address it to the Lord. If you address it to anybody else, it will fall short. I've been in services, many services, Brother Danny, where the, where the songs blessed the people but did not bless the Lord. And remember, whenever the Lord makes something real, the devil makes a counterfeit. And the counterfeit to the Spirit's true moving is emotion. And I have seen many times where, where singing and music stirs up emotion. We must be careful of that. To be blessed by the music here is a byproduct, not the focus. So I hope that you pray for the music, but the music will mean nothing next week if it only blesses us. It should invite the Spirit. Read when the temple was being dedicated under Solomon. They completed the sacrifices, they completed the offerings, and they decorated everything, but it was when they sung with true worship in their heart, that's when God came down. Are we praying for the guests, especially the preachers? Do you realize there will be preachers here who may be smiling on the outside, but they're ready to quit within. And they need the Lord to speak to them this week. They need to be reminded they're not alone. They need to be reminded that little is much when God is in it. They need to be reminded that God's harvest is still plenteous and that God's word still changes lives 
and that God's ears are still open to their cries, they need to be reminded of that. A program won't do that for them. Only fresh oil from the Holy Spirit will do that. If there are lost people here, who's the only one that can save a soul? No soul has ever been saved without the moving of the Spirit of God. Are we noticing a pattern? If the preachers are going to be beneficial, they need the Spirit. If the singing is going to be beneficial, it will be because it's to the Spirit. If the guests are going to be helped, it's, be, it's going to be because the Spirit spoke to them. If the lost are going to be saved, it's going to, it's going to be because the Spirit convicted them. And we could have thousands of people here, but it won't, it won't mean anything if he doesn't come. I'd love to have hundreds of people here. I'd love to have thousands of people here, but I'd rather have a dozen people here if the Spirit can come. And let us not make the mistake of inviting everybody else except him. I'm praying for the building, and it is beautiful. It still hasn't hit me. I don't know if it's hit you. It still hasn't hit me. I go back and I watch the live stream. I see this, this platform, these, these chairs. I, just the other day, I was, I was... I don't know if you felt these chairs. These chairs are nicer than my first apartment. The, the work that has gone on and to see guests and visitors walk in and they, they go, oh. But the temple of the Lord means nothing without the Lord of the temple. Jeremiah had to tell those people, stop saying to yourselves, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Yeah, we have nice chairs. Who cares? Yeah, we have a nice platform. Who cares? An unsprinkled platform. I do care about that. Yeah, we have, we have this, and we have the flags, and we have the chairs, and we, uh, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's wonderful. Write Ichabod over the door if the Spirit is not welcome here. When I come to this door, I'm reminded of when I would go up to my neighbors and I would knock. Is Bubby home? Or I would go across the street. Is Richard home? Or I would go next door. Is Alex home? When I come here, I want to be able to knock on the door and say, is God home? Decency and order is great. I think there is a proper way to hold service. We don't need a bunch of people running up and down and jumping on stuff and shaking tambourines and all that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not in all that. But if the Holy Spirit wants to show up and take our order of service and rip it and say, I'm in charge, and we don't even get to the preaching, so be it. How many times do we schedule a revival meeting and we say, all right, Holy Ghost, we open the doors at 10 and you, you, we lock it at noon. Need I remind you, a couple years ago when the Lord met with us, nobody cared about the, the lunch. Nobody cared about it. 
Our food was getting cold in the fellowship hall, but we were, we were getting a hot meal in here. And what I want to bring out is the Son of God, Jesus himself, gives a guaranteed formula to liberate the Holy Spirit. Psalm 78.41 says, You can limit the Holy One of Israel. Flesh and blood can limit God because of our attitude. Jesus shows us how not to limit him, but how to liberate him. The same Jesus that made blind eyes see and lame people walk, and he walked on water and freed people from demons, when he went to Nazareth, did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They limited him. First Thessalonians 5.19 says there is a way to quench the Holy Spirit. I want to know how we can get out of the way next week. And here's what I see. It's not going to come without prayer. It's not going to come without prayer. I've never known of any revival, small or, small or large, with one person or a million people. I've never known of any revival that has come without prayer. But are we praying properly? And first of all, what Jesus brings out is you have to have the right relationship. If you're going to pray properly, you have to have the right relationship. What I see in verse 11 through 13 is a relationship between a father and a son. And when I say you need to have a right relationship, first of all, you must be his child. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. If you are not saved, he will not hear any prayer you pray other than, Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. But if you are not saved, church member, if you are not saved and you are praying, you're wasting your breath. And I do believe there will be lost people here. And when we have our spring campaign and when we have our fall campaign, it's lost people from the world. When we have our winter revival, when we have our preaching conference, church members get saved. Brother Marvin got saved two years ago at our winter revival. There was another time we had a special, we had a special time. Brother Landon Elliott got saved. And when those church members had the nerve in the middle of a service to admit that they were lost, I can't describe to you the amount of respect that I lost for them. What did we do, church? We rejoiced. We rejoiced. Now, there's some of you that's playing the game. You're, you're playing the game. And you're good at it. You really are. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Because we need every single need to bow and pray that the Lord meets with us next, year, next week. 
And I'd hate for you to waste your breath because you know you're not saved, but you're too proud. But then if you are saved, you need to treat him like he's your father. To have a right relationship is not only to enter the relationship, but to appreciate the relationship, to treasure the relationship. In Malachi, they're worshiping, they're serving, they're giving offerings, if you want to call them that, these lame, blind, maimed offerings. And God says, would you give that to the mayor? <laughs> would you... He says this, he, he asks this in Malachi, if I then be a father, where's my honor? And if we are not treating our heavenly father properly, what right do we have to pray? What right do we have to expect him to listen? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not, will not, will not, will not, hear me. If the prodigal son happened today and they had a, he had a way of calling or texting or reaching out to his father, what do you think the father would have done? Hey, dad, in the far country, wasting my substance with riotous living, ran out of money. Can you send me some? What do you think the father would have done? We have to be right with him. We have to treat him properly. Because if we don't, what do our prayers look like? Lord, send the Spirit. Lord, please move. Lord, let him come in and fill my heart. I've got a place for him right next to my pornography. Lord, come and move and fill my heart and speak to me. I have a place for him right next to my bad attitude. I've got a place for him right next to my dusty Bible that I never read. I've got, a place next, I've got a place for him right next to my cluttered prayer closet that I haven't been in in goodness knows how long. One of the many things that I have to do tomorrow, and so do you, is we've got to clean our car because we're going to be giving these speakers rides. Do you want Preacher Gomez... Brother Angel in a filthy car. No, because we respect those men. Brother Huddleston, Brother Condi, Brother Wiersma, if I were to say, look, I need a place, I need a home to host our guest speakers next week. Would you open up your home? I know that you would. Tyler's going like this. You know what Marissa's thinking? Oh man, I got a lot of work to do. I am afraid uh, we're going we're gonna to clean this place before next week. We're going to make sure that all the chairs are straight, the hymnals are where they properly need to be, we're going to vacuum the carpets, we're going to clean the toilets, we're going to do everything because we, we have people coming. I'm afraid we spend more time worrying about the building being clean because people are coming 
rather than our heart being clean because God's coming. I think many of you good people, if I said my wife and I want to come over and share a meal with you tomorrow, I think you would, I, I know you. You'd clean your house. The, the preacher's coming. And that's very kind. But what are you hiding in your heart? God's coming. You must have the right relationship. Number two, we have to have the right knowledge. And what I mean by that is implied in verse 11 and 12. The son had a need. The son had a need. You must be saved. You must be a Christian. And you must acknowledge your deficiency. Turn to Revelation 3 with me. Turn to Revelation 3. Save our spot in Luke 11. Revelation 3. Verse 17, this is the church of Laodicea. You know the one that's lukewarm? The one that's making God sick at the moment? Thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. That's their perspective. We've got everything together. Here's God's perspective. You know not. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. They were materially blessed, but spiritually bankrupt. And in America and in this church, we are blessed materially. There are some very rich people in our church with full bank accounts in our church. And we have nice cars and nice clothes and nice possessions. Okay, sir, you have a full bank account. Are you full of the Holy Spirit? All right, you've got a powerful truck because we're in Texas. We've got a powerful truck. How powerful is your prayer life? We have a big house. How big's your Bible knowledge? I don't care if you've been saved a year, 10 years. You need to learn your Bible. It's your sword. It's your weapon. It's the way you'll lead others to Christ. You go to work and you can influence people. But do you know how to move the heart of God? Do you have no needs in your marriage? You husbands and wives, no needs in your marriage? Everything's peachy. You see eye to eye on everything, no arguments, no problems. She's wonderful, I'm wonderful. No needs? No needs in your child rearing? 
They're not throwing you for loops in any way. You, you know every single answer to every question about how to raise that devil. No needs. No needs in your friendships. No needs in your relationships. Not one person here has a question about a relationship. How in the world do I handle this? Nobody. No needs in our finances. No needs in... What, what about you, sir, who is a Sunday school teacher? No need of the power of the Holy Spirit to teach that class? No need for patience? No need for humility? Oh, we're a needy people. Which leads to the next thing. The Lord says, look, you have to have the right relationship first of all. This, it's, a, it's a father and son deal. And then you need to have the right understanding, the right knowledge that you can't live without the Father. So, when you have needs, go to the Father, the right resource, the right resource. How often when we have a need in our marriage do we go to secular counseling? I'm all, I'm, I'm all for marriage counseling. I'm all, I'm all for it. But I'm going to lead you to the Lord. That's who you need. When people come up to me, I need help with my marriage. I'm not telling them this is what you do. I'm just telling them this is what I've tried that hasn't worked. Don't do what I did. When we have needs with our kids, we go to a peer. When we have needs with our mental health, we go to some substance. When we have needs with wisdom, we go to the earth. When we have needs with power, we, well, I just need to build my skills. Practice, practice, practice. When we have needs with patience, we go to some program, we count backwards other than looking upwards. And there's three problems for when we don't seek the right resource when we have a need. There's three problems. First of all, God can't fill what's already full. Number two, if you're being filled by things of the world, they, they don't last. They don't last. There's no nutrients in what the world gives you. And then number three, when you finally realize the world's way isn't working and you go to God, I see in the prophets and I see in Proverbs, the Lord will say, no, go to your idols. Read in Proverbs, verse, uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Wisdom cries without. She utters her voice in the streets. She stretches out her hand. Read throughout the chapter. Wisdom is offered. Wisdom is rejected. But then it comes to the point where they realize wisdom is needed. So then wisdom is sought for. And wisdom withholds itself. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. 
Because I spent years and years and years reaching out to you and telling you I'll help you. And you said, no, I've got my programs. No, I've got my podcast. No, I've got my book. No, I've got my friends. No, i got this. And then you realize it's all junk. And then you come to the Lord and he says, oh, what happened to those people that you always search to? Go there. Wisdom tells the people that seeks for it after they rejected her over and over. Wisdom, a very pointed thing. Eat of the fruit that you planted. Read in Jeremiah and read in Ezekiel where the people come seeking and God says, tell them, go to your stocks. Go to your wooden images. And church, when we show the Lord over and over that we can fulfill our needs and we search for the resource of money, oh, we don't need God, we just throw money at it. We don't need God, we just throw a a self-help book at it. We don't need God, we just pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It never works. And when you treat God like a rabbit's foot, when you treat God like a hotline, I'm only going to call you when I get myself in trouble, he, he doesn't appreciate it. He's not our errand boy. He's the God of the universe. And we have to come to the point where we say, I don't, I don't need money. I don't need possessions. I don't need advice from people. I don't need earthly wisdom or counsel. I need my father. And you will either get there by choice or by force. You will either humble yourself or he will humiliate you. There's a psalm, I can't remember what it is, but God says, I love my children too much to let them sail on on calm seas that they created. I will send a storm to make them cry out to me. How many times did David say, I was brought low and then I turned? In my prosperity, I forgot the Lord. He brought me low and I called. You read in verse 5 through 8 of that friend who's knocking because he needs bread. It's midnight. Uh, The falafel stand isn't open. Everything's closed. So he goes to a friend's house. I need bread. Go away. I need... Someone just randomly showed up. Rude, by the way. Don't do that to people. Rude. Someone just randomly showed up. I have nothing to feed them. And I have nowhere else to go. The kids are in bed. I'm in bed. I'm grumpy. Go away. I... Where am I supposed to go? I have nowhere else to go. Jesus is bringing out... Sometimes prayer will not be answered, not because God's some grumpy friend. That's not what he's saying. He's saying even a grumpy friend will eventually get out and give you everything that you ask for if you just keep it up. How much more will a heavenly father who does care about you and never slumbers or sleeps, he just wants to see, is this really important to you? Sometimes prayer will not be answered until you show him, you're my only hope. And he might say, well, go somewhere else. No. You have to have the right relationship. We're talking about praying for next week. Is your relationship right with him? Are you saved? Are you a Christian? 
Do you realize how needy we really are? And that he can, he is the only one powerful enough to fulfill every single need in this world simultaneously. That's how powerful he is. Many times we have not because we ask not. But then we need the right mindset. Verse 5 through 10 shows importunity. You must not give up. Do you really want God to meet with us next week? You're not going to ask him only one time. You're not. And what else are you praying for right now? Don't give up. You pray and you pray until you pray until God answers your prayer or changes it. You pray, you pray, you pray. Not because God doesn't hear, but he wants to know, is this important to you? You know how many times I talk to people in my office, I've been dealing with this for, for years. When's the last time you fasted about it? Never fasted about it. Then it's not important to you. Two years ago, God met with us. And I'm not saying that to look back at the glory days. I, I, I hate that. But God met with us two years ago. You didn't know that the night before the, the preaching conference, two men came up of their own accord and prayed all night. Daniel chapter 10, he prayed for 21 days because it was important to him. Jacob wrestled with God, got a hold of him and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. 1 Timothy 5.17, pray without ceasing. Pray, pray again, and pray more. Keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep seeking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking. But then the last one, we've got to have the right request. What are, what are we praying for? Lord, let the, let the music be beautiful? We've already gone over that. It, we might have beautiful music and it means nothing. The Holy Spirit is what we need. The Holy Spirit is, excuse me, who we need. But let's remember what we're asking for when we say we want the Holy Spirit to come. Let's remember what we're asking for. The Holy Spirit doesn't come in a room. The Holy Spirit doesn't walk amongst the church and say, y'all are doing great, just keep it up. If God is going to show up when light comes in a room filled with people who have a tendency to mix light with darkness, he's going to expose everything. When God comes, hands don't get raised, knees get bent very quickly. So if we're going to say, Holy Spirit, please come, understand he's going to convict us of sin next week. He's not going to let us get away with anything. He's going to expose it. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, but don't convict me. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, but don't break my hearts over the lost. Nope. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, but let me keep watching my filth. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, but don't upset my schedule. Holy Spirit, come, but I'm still only going to come on these days. Holy Spirit, come, but I'm not coming Sunday night because of the Super Bowl. You're a fool. This is God we're talking about, and he has no obligation to come. If he will come and if he will bless, it will be to people who have a right relationship, who have acknowledged their need, 
who say, nobody else can fill this need but you, and we're not letting you go until you bless us. And I'm telling you, as confident as you can be, if you have all those things down, then as confident as you can be in an earthly father to hear and fulfill the request of his child, how much more, Brother John, how much more can you be confident that the Lord will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. A week from now, more than I'd like to say we had a good crowd, more than I'd like to say the singing was wonderful, more than I'd like to say the preaching was eloquent, more than I'd like to say the fellowship was great, I want to be able to say, the Holy Spirit met with us and changed us. That's what we must pray for and we must pray properly. And I challenge you tonight and I challenge you tomorrow and I challenge you Friday and I challenge you Saturday and all throughout the week next week. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.